November 2nd is Extra Life Game Day. Join Geek Therapy and thousands of gamers fundraising for Children's Miracle Network hospitals across North America for 24 hours. To learn more, visit geektherapy.com slash extra life. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Oswek Cardona. I'm joined by Brandon Saxton. Hello. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Lauren Keller. What up? Thanks Thanks for holding down the fort while Welcome I was gone. back, Josue. We missed you. You guys did okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Highest slight praise. praise. <laughs> <laughs> only, the, only the slightest of praise for, for uh, my co-hosts. No, I was I was so happy. I honestly wasn't worried at all. Plus, I still edited the episode, so it's, I mean, I wasn't going to let anything anything well, you, get past. You let us go with it one week, and then you didn't immediately come back the next week. Mm-hmm. So apparently, we did something good. That was my backup plan. <laughs> 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 so one thing that happened while I was. Uh, taking my my two weeks sabbatical sabbatical should be way longer but uh <laughs> i took my two weeks and there was a day that i was listening to the steven universe the movie soundtrack on repeat oh yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah and the line here we are in the future that day i don't know why it was maybe like the 20th time i heard that song on repeat it it hit me which is which is how music works, right? Sometimes it's 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 just a small part of it, and it's to when you least expect expect it. And it was like, oh, here we are in the future, and it's bright. And that line, it made me realize that like I've had a pretty shitty year, and earlier in the year, if I thought about what the end of the year was going to be like, I was very. Uh, uh, I was catastrophizing, right? I imagined the worst. And now, October, we're, we're later in the year. I was looking back and I was like, wait a minute, like I am in the future from, like I was doing a lot of ruminating on the future earlier this year. And now that I'm here, like it's way better than I thought it would be. And it made me realize that I'm doing, like I'm doing really well. Um, I, f- I feel a lot better. It's, um, it was good. It was like a good realization and maybe something that I hadn't realized until like that line of the song hit me. And it became like my mantra for a few days. I was like, oh yeah, here we are in the future and it's bright. Here we are in the future and it's bright. And then Greta Thunberg uh, showed up and kind of made me rethink <laughs> the way that I was thinking <laughs> about that line because she went to the UN and said, the future is fucked and you stole it from me. Uh, and whew, there's, there's something very powerful about seeing this girl, not only speaking at the UN, but on different talk shows, on just lots of interviews, um, seeing videos of her old presentations and speeches. And I don't know, there was something very powerful about seeing a young person saying like yeah, we're, like some people talk about climate change, but listen to me. This is this is my future. Like I don't, I probably don't have a future because you all, you all stole it from me. And there's something about listening to like we, we talk about representation and seeing people who are like us and who like th- there's there's something very powerful in that. We talk about that all the time. And 
I don't think we've ever really talked about the power of kids talking to other kids. Like, as a kid, I don't remember hearing other kids saying important things. Do, do any of you have a memory like that or, or a moment or anything like that that was like, oh, like, this is a young person like me and they, like, I admire them or, or they, they just taught me something. Not at all. <laughs> no. No. Especially, like, when we were kids, there was no YouTube, Mm-mm. right? Like, I see my niece, she's seven now, and she loves to go on YouTube and watch kids YouTube, which a lot of it is kids talking into the camera about stuff and about their day and about and teaching things and that is, that toy is so cool reviews. <laughs> yeah yeah toy reviews just just almost anything and oh, i remember oh, was it, i'm trying to remember there was this one girl who was doing a, a bunch of science experiments sophia i think was her name i'm not sure but that's something that i mean we just didn't have is there uh what about you lauren and lara were there any examples that you can think of at all i can't think of any off the top of my head like, it's all stuff that started, like, after I was an adult. Like, I know working in classrooms, I've seen teachers use, like, kid president or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, videos. that's a great example. Yeah. Kid president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart little kid. <laughs> I remember they, they don't do this as much as they used to, but there used to be PSAs at the end of programs, right? Mm-hmm. I was watching really old ones. So there used to be a Shazam TV show, and it's on DC Universe now. And... It's really funny. Uh, they they kind of restored the entire series, and one thing that was lost was that at the end of every episode there was there were these PSAs, and it just it was just another example of like when you had these PSAs, it was usually the adult who was telling you, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't even if there were kids on the show, the kids weren't the ones giving you you know the the tips. It was like these are life lessons. Listen to the adult. We're here to tell you what's right and what's wrong and, and, you know, or to teach you something. Unless it's Sailor Moon in Sailor Moon Says at the end of every American Sailor Moon episode. I do remember that. But technically there are no adults in that show. What, her mom doesn't really come out a lot? You know? Yeah. No, but they're all, they're all kids. They're teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Tuxedo Mask. He's an adult. Sort of. (laughs) 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 It's a controversy we don't need to. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, I guess that's an example. I mean, I'm sure there are, right. I'm sure, sure there were examples, but I can't, I can't really think of one. And, and these are fictional examples. Mm -hmm. I can't think of a, of a real kid who is, you know, doing PSAs or, or. Unless there was a PSA at the end of like Full House or something, like where they had the actors that play the kids. But yeah, usually it's the adults. Well, they, like Full House is one of the examples I was thinking of. I was like, well, there were a lot of kids on that show. I I don't know. Like I don't I don't know that they did PSAs, but if they did, I imagine it would be one of the adults doing it. Hmm. I mean, th- like in those kinds of shows, like the the PSA aspect is usually woven into like a whole episode plot and so it's like the kids do say something about it but it's not like a you know straight into the camera remember kids stealing is wrong Sometimes it's like, they did you know, break one, like one of the, you know, sisters would say to the other sister, like, Kimmy, you can't go and steal. That's wrong. You know, well, that's that not really kinda. a PSA, right? Like, yeah, that's, there were what, shows that's that, what I'm saying is like yeah. they'd address the same stuff, but not in a 
not in the same way. But there were a lot of shows that did have that scene at the end. Where it was like, remember, kids, don't drink and drive. I don't know. Yeah. They might have done that with like the episode with DJ on Full House where she stopped eating, exercised mm-hmm. more. I think that there might have been an into the camera kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm trying to remember instances of that because I can think of that more recently. Uh, especially with shows like 13 Reasons Why and um, I think even like uh, I don't know if Euphoria has any like of the actors looking into the camera but um, yeah back in the day I don't know yeah yeah so again this is something I've, I've been thinking about I think it's 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 fantastic that I can show my my niece or other kids you know this other kid who is who is speaking to them about something that is important to them now i think this is this is similar to um the parkland kids right to so after the shooting at their school they went out and they became the voices right to to try to stop that in the future greta's even younger and mm-hmm. her story is interesting. Um, I don't know if, if any of you have read anything about her, but she, I believe she's, she's 16, but she looks younger because she went into a very deep depression for a few years where she stopped eating. So I, this, this is my understanding. So for a while, like her growth stunted kind of, so she looks a little younger than she is, which I think adds to the, like, yeah, she's 16 and she, and she speaks, um, like she's, she's speaking very passionately and, and she's very informed, but she also looks a little younger. So I think that again, like even my, my niece who's, who's seven can relate more to her because she does look younger. She's also speaking in a second language and still mm-hmm. being really eloquent and, and relatable in her language. So I think that's a big aspect to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not only that she's speaking for climate change, she's also speaking about mental health. So mm-hmm. she's uh, she's an Aspie and she has OCD. So again, there is a child, teenager, talking about these issues. And also on social media, she is awesome. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I assume she has a team, but it is it is a great team. Like the way she handles the haters, the way she, she takes care of stuff. It is really, really good. I think it's, it's, she's such a positive role model, I think. Definitely. And I saw something else um, the other day, which was a, or I saw, I heard a podcast on the New York, the New York times has a daily podcast. So the news podcast uh, comes out every morning called the daily. And They've done a few episodes for kids. I forgot. I forgot. I think the first episode that they did was about the Cub Scouts, um, like the Boy Scouts becoming Cub Scouts. So they were going to start accepting girls. And I I hadn't heard one in a while, but there was a a new one this weekend where they spoke to a very small girl. This girl, I don't remember how old she is or if they mentioned it, but uh, there's a picture of her in the article and she sounds very young. She sounds like maybe five or six and she's talking about her experience of going to a it's i think they call it a camp but Mm -hmm. it's a center for treating anxiety 
So she has OCD and, and an anxiety disorder. So she's she's talking about the experience of going there and she's with her mom and her mom is talking about it. But really the reporter is asking her, like, what is it like to have these fears and what fears do you have? And what does that feel like? And how is treatment? So she's going through the experience of having invasive thoughts and arguing with uh, this voice in her head and then the experience of going to a center and she talks about exposure therapy and what it was like and how she felt so brave afterwards. It was it was an amazing account of mental health experience and mental health treatment from the perspective of a child. And like that's going into my repertoire. Like that I'm going to use that so, so much and I'm going to recommend it to people because like I'd never heard anything like that. And I think it just, it just, uh, did any of you listen to that episode? I didn't get a chance to listen to the episode, but I did read an article that was kind of circulating around the psychology, mental health circles on Twitter about, about this, uh, individual and, and this, uh, facing fears kind of summer camp. A friend of mine runs a very similar camp called Camp Courage in Texas. So hmm. it's kind of been in the circles that, that uh, my friend group and kind of professional group for sure. I'm just curious. I see it as a very positive thing. I'm curious, was there any negative um, uh, comments about this? Not any that I saw. No, it, the same thing. It just being really positive, really empowering for kids and and just a really cool way to kind of normalize that experience and and have the have the kid you know tell a story like you said that was really cool and and really inspiring and kind of tell that story about how we can feel kind of like a superhero or feel really brave and kind of overcome these things that are really tough so i think it's such a cool program and i i absolutely love this kind of um, you know, facing fears, summer camp or camp courage kind of uh, model for tackling anxiety, uh, especially in kids that is maybe a lot more kind of engaging and, and fun as opposed to maybe the more traditional hour a week therapy kind of style. I just think there's something kind of cool about that. So it's really neat to have the kids kind of take the lead in kind of telling those stories and kind of being the face of how cool that can be and how much of a change that can have. In this article, the mom was in, I, th- I think they lived in Tennessee and they drove down to Florida for this program. And so they could afford to, you know, make the trip and they could afford the, the service. And most people probably can't do that. So even just listening to this girl talk about her fears and, and what that feels like is just, it's just, that alone is so valuable. So, so YouTube podcasts there are there are podcasts uh, for for kids out there um it's uh there's content for kids everywhere right but but the fact that there are kids making content for kids i think is is incredible and very um very what word am i thinking of it's very i don't know i think it's important that we that we have that it's 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 again going back to representation we talk about having uh and, and seeing stories for, uh, of people by people who look like us, who are like us, and like kids aren't represented in media. There are many reasons why that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really hard. There are legal reasons, uh, and and I'm not even I'm, I'm not really talking about like parents who exploit their kids because yeah. that happens a lot. 
that happens on, on YouTube, that happens on social media. I've seen some disgusting, you know, just parents who are, ugh, it's just, they're taking advantage of their kids. I'm not I talking saw, about that. Yeah. I yeah. saw an episode of Wife Swap that had that on there. Ooh, like, well, like it what? It was heavy. Like it what? was the family. Well, it ended up being good because on Wife Swap, they switch families and learn a different way of being. And the idea was, Mom had a YouTube channel, Dad had a YouTube channel, and each of the kids had a YouTube channel. And the kids didn't get to be kids because all they did was live their lives on YouTube. Like, that was it. Oh, and the boy. and the parents couldn't have anything going on without having the camera on. Like, they watched them brush their teeth in the morning. Oh. But by the end of the whole show... Um, the family was able to, like, okay, well, we're going to have the cameras on at these times and family time without the cameras at these times. And that was really cool to see. But, yeah. So there is a dark side to all of it. But there's this awesome piece where kids get to see kids doing stuff. And and they get to see experiences like their own and also experiences that are different from them. Because you can learn from that, too. Mm-hmm. It's so, uh, I don't know, like I've seen my niece just sit there watching for forever, just other girls talking about stuff. That's, that's incredible to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to have them talk about these important topics is, is really, really, uh, just so good. So good. It is good. It also means that there should be like in, uh, the case of Greta Thunberg, there's, this I there's people that are like you go Greta and like no we're the adults she's she's asking for adults to do something, uh, because they've stolen her future and actually she's know, asking kids to do something too that too yes yes but like there have been she, what she's asking kids to do is hold adults accountable <laughs> yeah yeah yes but, but like yeah. she's but how many how many Fridays have there been already where there have been marches around the country and around the world mm-hmm. because of her. You know, that's, that's true. That's, that's yeah. That's getting yeah. That's that's what the, the stuff, Fridays yeah. for Climate are about. It, that's what sh- her call to action is: is every yeah. Friday leave school and go to your local government or parliamentary leader and demand why they are destroying your future and demand mm-hmm. that they change and do something about it and and that you're not going to be a kid forever your voting age is coming up fast and these fools better get get to it or else <laughs> yeah yeah yep. one of the most powerful things i heard her say was in an interview with uh, trevor noah at least one of the things that that hit me the hardest was uh, he he asked her, "What is the difference in the United States versus in Europe? How people see climate change?" She said, "Well, in the United States, it seems to be a matter of opinion. <laughs> There's debate as to whether climate change is real or not, and in Europe, we just know that it is. <laughs> There's no debate." <laughs> And she was, and that coming from a child with that, with, you know, that, that tone of, I can't believe what these adults are doing mm-hmm. <laughs> was, was very, uh, I don't know. It was very powerful to me. It's like, 
I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you people. And it was like, I was more embarrassed than I've ever been about this issue, <laughs> having a child pointed out. It's so easy. A child can get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's offensive to children. Yes. There's something really moving about seeing a child speak truth to power. Like, it's it's very empowering to see that. But part of me really loathes that we, you know, know about Greta at all. I mean, I wish the circumstances weren't that sh we needed, you know, teenagers like Greta, like, um, uh, I'm forgetting her name, Mary something, Little Miss Flint from, oh, yeah. from Flint, Michigan. And she's spent literally, you know, her, you know, from eight years old till I think she's 14 now has been getting clean, drinkable water to a town in America in 20, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 is like, come on, why, why do we, you know, why we feel good to see these, you know, little girls standing up for what's right, but it's, it's, it, it, it hurts me to think that we need them so much. We really do, but I wish that we didn't. I wish that people cared about this stuff on their own without having to be shamed by children. Well, and my point is not that it's it's the shaming part. I added that at the end because it, it, it is a, a side effect. But like, are kids listening? You know, like, like I worry about climate change. I didn't worry about climate change when I was a kid, despite Captain Planet's uh, um, frequent uh, reminders about having to take care of the planet. That wasn't a serious issue for me. It wasn't something that I was thinking about. And there are things that my generation, you know, you guys, we care about that my, my parents don't really care about. They don't think about. Mm -hmm. And there's something that there are generational divides. And even if Greta is a, a huge marketing ploy, right, fabricated by, by uh, a company somewhere, I still think that if she's reaching kids that otherwise wouldn't listen or care about these things. I th I think that's amazing. Like I don't I don't remember I don't remember caring about anything when I was mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I living in the Bay Area, it's very interesting. Um I know a lot of people that work in different school districts and schools in the area and one thing that kids are doing is there's like yes, there's like Friday's strike go out leave your leave your school i've seen preschoolers and kindergartners making protest signs and walking around their block at their school <laughs> uh supporting teacher strikes supporting yeah. um closing the camps at the border close like all kinds of things that adults are marching for uh and some of it might be the area they live in Berkeley, California, <laughs> Oakland, California, but some of it is like no. We need we need to we care about kids at the border and we care about our teachers and feel like they should be paid fairly. And they're I mean, maybe not the preschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, I mean, they care and they have empathy and want to be able to help and do things and it's like 
really cute seeing their their protest signs that say like peace, love, and rainbows, and like little like drawings, finger paintings on their on their thing. It's so cute. So, were there any causes at all that you remember as children, kind of doing something about or caring about? Like, is there an example of when you wrote a letter, or did a picket sign, or or something like that? No, none for me. <laughs> I've I'm racking my brain here thinking of of anything, but no, I I really I just I wasn't aware. I, I don't think of of the the problems of the world at all. I do remember going on a march, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was for. <laughs> Uh, shows how important it was to me at the time. Um, uh, so so uh, maybe make it more personal. Was there anything that happened? For example, the Flint example, right? Like if you live in Flint, that's your reality, right? Like that was something that happened to you. So like, was there anything that happened to you or locally that that you got involved in? I can't remember anything. There was nothing at all that I remember that was serious. There was like, you know, thankfully there was no lead in my water. There was no, there was no school shooting uh, in my school or near where I was. Uh, Climate change wasn't like people, I don't know. First time I really thought about it was when uh, an inconvenience truth came out. Uh, An inconvenient truth came out. And I don't, I was in my twenties by then. I think I remember, now I remember what the protest was about. Um, There was a girl, she was a few grades older than me that was murdered in my hometown. Um, And they still have not found the killer. Uh, And a lot of people felt that the police were not doing enough. Uh, So that, it it was like a vigil and then also we had signs and stuff. Uh, I think that was in, I was in fifth or sixth grade. Got it. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, I think that because there was no social media, there was no YouTube, it was harder to connect with someone else who was going through something like that. Mm-hmm. But now you can hear people's stories. Now. Now something happens and you know that it happened across the country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, man, I guess we're, we're bad examples for this because I'm, I'm trying to remember. We're, we're not kids today. Well, but we, but we were. We're all old. When, when I think about when I was younger and this is very much my own personal experience here. I, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I, my family did not talk like politics or worldly problems around me um i was excluded from that kind of stuff uh additionally my family is pretty conservative so it's not like they would have ever brought me to uh you know march for the environment i remember in like middle school going to uh and like a big earth day weekend events in uh berkeley but i didn't go with my family somebody else brought me to that 
Um, so it's like, there are a lot of things I feel like had that been in my environment, I would have participated more, but it, it just wasn't, that wasn't something that was around me when I was a kid, um, until, you know, I got a lot older and separated myself from my family, my family a lot. But having a conservative family, like they could have had other things, right? maybe not the climate. There are other things to be concerned with. Well, okay, I don't I don't remember this, but when I was like, I guess, you know, three or so, my great-grandmother took me to some sort of Republican, uh, like, RNC event, and I guess uh, I was wearing a little shirt that said, We Publican, with an elephant on it, which sounds very cute, but now, as an adult, I'm pretty disgusted by <laughs> Um but, you know, that was a thing that happened to me, but I don't remember that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That yeah, I, I feel very disconnected from that kind of stuff. And I think a big part of that is, um, at least in my youth, and I think a big part of that is because my family, in a lot of ways, I think, ignored that kind of stuff. But also, in a lot of other ways, thought that it wasn't an appropriate thing for me, a child, a, a, a young girl, to, like be interested in or know about so in a lot of ways they like kept it from me i guess i don't know i'm thinking out loud i think that's a bit that could be a big part of why that happened to to most of us i mean there's always homeless people there's always like charities there are always um things that if we were well off there were things there were people who weren't and there were people mm -hmm. who were suffering who we could have learned about but yeah i remember having those conversations with my mom i remember like seeing kids in ethiopia on tv you know who were hungry uh and commercials but i don't remember my mom saying oh yeah do you want to make a donation like let's let's make a call and let's let's donate and let's do something let's do something good because you know we we're in a position where we can help or yeah the, my family was not was never uh, involved in politics, so like, like going to a you know to a to a convention or an event for a political party, like my family never did anything like that either. I mean, I was part of Girl Scouts growing up only for a couple years, hmm. uh, and that one year we didn't do much in the way of like, and we did fundraising and not just for the Girl Scouts. Um, but it did bring attention to things that we could do to make the world better. Like and what? Give me one example. <laughs> recycling. We okay, went okay. with my school and separately with my Girl Scout troop. We went around school, ran, went around town, and um, painted the over those the storm drains. Painted little signs with spray paint that said, um, "No dumping drains to bay." Um, so that people wouldn't dump things in the storm drains and then poison the fish. Um, so we did that. We did like garbage cleanup. Um, I know that today things are a little different. Um, my friend's daughter is in Girl Scouts in the Brownies, which is younger than I was when I was in Girl Scouts. Uh, and for their Girl Scout cookie fundraising, they could have they could have put their money towards like their camping trips and 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 different things like that like stuff that they could do together half of their money went to their camping trips half of their money they decided they were donating to buy blankets and 
toothbrushes and soap and stuff for the kids at the camps at the border. Um, and these are a bunch of seven and eight-year-old girls uh, hmm. deciding on their own without parental influence that that's hmm. important to them and they yeah. need to do that and hmm. make sure that kids have comfy blankets to sleep with. Yeah, yeah. But being part of groups like that, you you tend to find more kids that are conscious of things like yeah. volunteering at soup kitchens and homeless shelters and yeah because it, it's not just like it's not just activism right it could be just like being more involved in the community and being more conscious right. like you just said side note my niece recently uh was taken to to meet up with uh, girl scouts and cub scouts and my sister told her she had to make a choice mm-hmm. what do you think she chose uh you're gonna say cub scouts she chose both. Oh, both. <laughs> I I have a rant that I can go on about Cub Scouts allowing girls, but um, yeah. Do you know what's well, better? To listen to the kids episode of The mm-hmm. Daily, where mm-hmm. you have kids talking about this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, won't, I won't go on my rant. <laughs> but both organizations do a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, 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 I'm assuming there are badges for service. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that there are different, um, but it's different when it's like, oh well, that's what we're all doing, or oh well, that's what the school is doing. You know, like, like there's a big difference between me being a kid and watching Greta on YouTube, and then coming to my school and saying, hey, I want to do a walkout on Friday, mm-hmm. then me as a teacher telling my students, Hey, did you all see Greta? We're doing a walkout on Friday. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's, there's a, there's a big uh, difference there. Yeah. Kids today are dope as fuck. <laughs> yup. It's that time of year again. Extra life is upon us. And game day is November 2nd. Join the official geek therapy team called rare candy in fundraising for children's miracle network hospitals across North America. Extra life is a 24 hour gaming marathon. So we'll be playing for 24 hours a bunch of games. Our stream team will be on it. Maybe some members of the community. Who knows? If you want to join us, visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to either join our team and raise funds yourself or donate to one of our team members. I'm on the team. Donate to my profile. November 2nd is also my birthday. And all I want for my birthday is donations to the Extra Life campaign. Seriously. Geek Therapy raised over $5,000 last year. And of course, we want to beat that this year. So again, visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more, join the team, or donate. All proceeds go to Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, so your money is going to help take care of sick kids in need. Again, visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more. But again, I, th- I think it's that access to the media that allows them to yeah. even consider it. They have uh, access to more information than any previous generation ever in the history of humankind and they have the ability to um, access a way to disseminate information amongst themselves you know through snapchat and facebook and twitter and instagram and all of that stuff is like they are using those ways the, the way we use all social media to connect with each other to be social and you know, there's a reason why <laughs> social justice has the word social in it, because it oh. needs people. And so, <laughs> what? yeah, hmm, 
to blowing your minds right here. But yeah, so kids, kids are, you know, they have more tools, they have better tools, they have better training than we got when we were kids. I'm so excited to see, you know, all of the awesome things that these kids start doing because Greta and other youths across the world who are standing up for climate change, um, I feel a little bad that we've only talked about Greta because there are a ton of other youth activists, um, lots of indigenous youth activists who have been fighting in the U.S. specifically. For, Did you bring a list? Uh, I There is, no, um, there is an article on The Insider that um, if you search The Insider Greta Thunberg, it'll pull up an article about other uh, youth climate activists. Um people you know down in in the rainforest who are fighting the wild well the intentionally set forest fires down there and trying to you know protect native people and and native wildlife and all of that stuff it's like all of that stuff's really important um yes we focus on whoever's the the you know the big name at the time but um if if you are feeling moved by Greta in your own life, I feel that perhaps that's a, a perfect opportunity to look into what um, activists, what programs are going on in your local community and seeing how you can support local youths who are trying to make shit happen despite lots of adults digging in their heels. Fuck that. We don't care. We're doing it. We're going to save this planet. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very sweaty. I went to therapy today, and pretty much the whole therapy session was me freaking out about climate change. So <laughs> this is an episode for me. Whew. Okay, so so you brought up two things. Well, first, let me say you didn't mention TikTok in your in your uh, list. Obviously, because, TikTok. TikTok because is, you're very old. And, I am so old. Yeah, but the kids like the TikTok. So TikTok's they do great. Like the TikTok. I did like that. I did like that one TikTok I saw of a uh, a young woman playing the um, spend all of Bill Gates's money game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You sound like an old person who's like, "There's this one thing I saw on TikTok." I'm. I am an old. You know what? I I will. I will forward chain it to you. Forward, <laughs> forward, forward. Oh. Colon. <laughs> oh no. You still use that hotmail? Will you print it? You'll print it out and mail I'll it to print him? it, and then I'll fax it to you. You still have a fax, right? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. God. If you're an adult and you work with children or you have children, keep an eye on TikTok. It is. It mm-hmm. is. If you haven't heard about it yet, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't understand um, what's going on. Uh, <laughs> you should know about TikTok. Uh, so, I want to touch the the fear of of climate change. Because that seems to be, in in the case of Greta, that seems to be her, like, probably her motivating force. Probably, like, since she will be around to deal with this shit. <laughs> well, but but I mean, but there's a big difference between I am aware of the of my potential future and how shitty it can be, but I'm not like I can still sit here for an hour and talk to you guys and not think about that. I'm. I didn't go to my therapist earlier to talk about climate change, right? Like, like this is. <laughs> but a lot of people do, 
and and a lot of people are more afraid and, and at different levels. But before I get into the to the like anxiety aspect of it, I think like you you brought up a, f- a few different uh, examples of of different things that that kids are doing that kids are are being um, vocal about uh, around the country around the world. But it, it's a matter of us caring, right? Like yeah, like I can you can know that there are kids being separated from their parents at the border. There are people who literally don't care. Other people do care. Other people go down there. Other yeah. people care and do nothing. Other people care and go down there. Yeah. And so yeah. so I I think that, again, listening to people who are like us, in this case, kids listening to other kids talk about these things, thinking about these things from an early age really changes the way that it becomes a part of your life later on. Because even though I couldn't come up with examples of other kids talking to me, I do remember other issues that were going on when I was a kid. Um, and I'll bring up Captain Planet again. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fictional character. But like I was concerned about the planet. And I was, Did you want to be a planeteer? Because you yes. can be one too. I know. Because saving our planet is, is a thing, thing to, to do. do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a role that recycling has in my mind that I know was programmed there because of how much it came up in media when I was a kid. And now the more I learn about it, the more, uh, well, my, my, my perspective is obviously very different about it now than it was when I was a kid, because now like we actually do it, but like we, we do it wrong and it, it's complicated. <laughs> do things actually get recycled? Yeah. There's a yeah, whole. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, most of the time? No, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I heard a report yeah. the other day. I was like, we're better off burning it, actually. I was like, ah. Uh, and the case was pretty damn good. <laughs> and it's, uh, and that, that was hard for me to hear because for 20 years, I've been thinking about how, for more than 20 years, I've been thinking about how. Like that's really important and that's a really good thing to do. And so is there any example of anything that you learned about when you were a kid, when you were that young, that has stuck with you to now that you know, it was like, it's because you, because it's been there your whole life. It's been there 30 years. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good one. Smokey mm-hmm. bear, Smokey the bear. And they, he's got an ad by my office. <laughs> now, in, in in the case of Lauren, Lauren, like you've had unbelievably scary fires close to you for the past. Even couple when years. I was a kid, mm-hmm. even huh. when I was a kid, there was a huge fire in Oakland, hmm. and I was terrified. I remember asking my mom, like, "Is it going to come here?" And it was miles away, and she yeah. looked at me and was like, "Probably not." But I'm going to be honest, it, it could, and it's scary. And I remember from then on, Smokey the Bear, you put water on your fires when you're camping. <laughs> like, Yeah. 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 Hmm. And they had little cartoon ads, and it was really good for remembering. And now they're trying to update him. And like I said, there's an ad by my office. Hmm. Yeah. But everyone remembers Smokey the Bear. Yeah. Stranger danger, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there. Hmm. I remember. Oh, not that it's the greatest example, but I remember dare to mm-hmm. stay off. That's drugs. what I was thinking of too. <laughs> say no. Just say no. Just say no. Mm. Uh, there are. I do know some. I do know some people that were scared shitless by the stuff in the dare program and did not do drugs. 
probably like 1% of my class. The one with the frying fried egg was the one that did it for me. That's not the, true. No, they brought they brought in a lung. A blackened lung. What? A real it, lung? A real blackened lung. <laughs> I shit you not. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I'm sorry. I just, I'm imagining that have happening to me as a kid and everybody being like, this is supposed to gross you out and make you afraid of drug use. And I would have just been like, let me see that lung. Can I touch it? Please. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I went to a Catholic school where they did this huge presentation. They brought the whole school into the auditorium to play. Uh, I don't remember what band it was, but they played the music backwards to show you that there was satanic messaging oh. in the music. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think now we've gotten into the part where, where these are like the worst possible way to try to get a kid to care about something. Oh my <laughs> right. God. We've, we've, we've pivoted. Yeah, we've we've come full circle, right? It's like these kids are doing a great job showing that they care about something and that resonating with other kids who can see themselves and can then understand it maybe in their own language and their own way. And now they care about it too. But through a lot of things, I guess I guess people are always trying when we're kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Failing. yeah. I think I think a big difference here is that. You know, when when we were young and we were getting dare education, uh, we didn't have a way to, like, look up resources on our own, mm-hmm. really. Um, it's not like they had drug manuals mm-hmm. in the, the school library. Um, but kids now have the ability to be all like, oh, I heard about this from my teacher in school. I'm going to search it on Wikipedia. And like the ability to, um, I, I guess it's it's uh, it's media literacy, and, and kids are becoming mm-hmm. media literate a lot more quickly than generations before, and and part of that that power is uh, manifesting in a bunch of kids actually wanting to do things and take action, and I think that's uh, that's awesome. And again, the, there's a big difference between a kid saying, hmm, that's interesting, reading about it on Wikipedia versus watching Greta talk about it mm-hmm. and then being like, oh, shit, is she, is she telling the truth? She's crying. Mm-hmm. She's look, She looks pissed. Is that true? Is my future? Did you take my future from me? <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the anxiety part, uh, I think that that might be why there are a lot of topics that adults just don't, don't. Mm-hmm. bring up for kids right because they are things that are <laughs> that are scary it's like mm-hmm. yeah why would i share my biggest fear with with my child i can i can think of a few reasons but i'm, I'm do y'all think that's part of the part of the reason why oh that's part absolutely of that's happening? Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's uh i think it's um i don't want to you know i i don't want you to worry about something that you know, you can't control. So I'm just not going to talk about it at all because I also can't control it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not, we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like I have family members who don't vote, for example. I, I, I disagree, right? Like I, I believe that, that voting matters, right? So like, but if you mm-hmm. don't and you're telling me that, like, I don't know, like like there's some things, you may believe that you're powerless, but you may not necessarily be powerless. I meant more in the like, I'm not going to talk to my, you know, seven-year-old about the wildfires that are, you know, burning 
people and things and stuff because you know it's in a different state and little Susie will probably get fire-based nightmares if I talk about oh yeah you know a horse caught on fire or whatever it's like I'm just not gonna talk about it at all true story because fire-based nightmares from the fire nearby so (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I I had earthquake nightmares when I mm-hmm. was when I was little, but um I think it's it's also because they're like a lot of the times when when you know, adults are interacting with kids, we want to have the answers and we want mm-hmm. to have solutions to problems and we want to be able to be honest with kids but also like not overwhelm them. And when it comes to a lot of big scale world level problems, there aren't easy answers and there aren't easy ways to explain things to kids. And so, in, and there aren't easy ways to explain things to ourselves. And so it's like, if I can't even explain it to me, how am I going to explain it to a kid? And so it's easier to just skip it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're right. I think it comes down to, to fear a lot of the times. And of course, I'm going to take my, my death angle here i think a lot of it is because recognizing that stuff the global level problems is also sort of having to recognize like you're gonna die one day and people do not like to talk about that with their kids at all mm-hmm. if <laughs> so, you're having your own existential crisis yeah. you don't want to pass that on to your like five-year-old yeah it's like oh you know we have like 10 years to get you know all of our shit together as humans on planet Earth in order to save planet Earth for humans. Um, what does save planet Earth for humans mean? Uh, well, Jimmy, uh, I don't want to be worm food. Let's change the subject. Do you like rugrats? <laughs> well, the idea of changing the subject, it just shows that just in general, we don't know how to deal with anxiety. We don't yeah. know how to deal with mm-hmm. absolutely with fear. We don't know how to deal with adversity. Our and, own and also managing our children's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, or helping our children manage theirs, right? Like yeah, you can't yeah. manage your, your, yeah. your kid's anxiety. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. It's like, I, I don't know how to soothe your, your fear of, you know, what if there's a terrible hurricane that, you know, rips the roof of, off of our house and sucks us up into space because I'm also afraid of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, we're just all not going to talk about it. And that's sort of, you see the difference in the way adults handle those kinds of things and the way kids handle those kinds of things is I think a big part of that is the way we were socialized to skip that stuff to like just if if you can't handle it just ignore it and and move on and that has um, had a you know uh, maybe an emotional benefit in the short term but it's had a logistical problem in the long Mm -hmm. term and so now we have teens who are like whoa 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 (laughs) that's not gonna work we're already in problem city and we need to actually deal with this. We can't. We can't ignore it anymore. Brendan, do you work with uh, kids now? Yeah, mostly with kids, actually. Mostly with kids. How mm-hmm. often do you also work with the parents as part of the treatment with the children? Almost, almost as much as I can, unless yeah. there is some kind of practical barrier. I, I try to have the parents involved as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's 
when you can, you have to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Or it, it, it makes a huge change in the amount of progress that uh, that you'll see. Yeah. The there's a there's a piece of advice that I got from a supervisor when I was an intern that has stayed with me, uh, and I think about it all the time. She said, "Sometimes the best we can do is to help our clients survive their parents." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in in this context, it's like, well, you can meet with the parent a few times, and if they're not getting it, like, okay, well, we're gonna double down <laughs> on the kid because they're not gonna get much support, and and it's great to be able to be in that position and 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 help people cope with that when you know, and again, so many times it's like, oh, mom, dad, I like, I'm so sorry that no one did this for you. So you can't help right now or you haven't been able to help so far with the kids. Definitely. Most of my work when we're talking behavior change, it's like you want to work with the environment, which includes Mm -hmm. the parents, teachers, whatever, because kids need that. And it's the best way to change the behavior. Well, 95% (laughs) of the time, I can't get the parents to to admit that there's anything to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's doubling down on, like you said, how are we going to help you manage your own feelings and stress about what your parents do and that they're not going to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So it's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Which is why I love kids programming that does address like important issues and actually has, um, more of the PSA is like the, the version that Lauren was saying at the beginning, right? Where it's it's playing out in the in the episode instead of someone at the end, you know, waving a finger at you and and mm-hmm. reminding you, <laughs> yeah. uh, how to do it. There's 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 a story involved, so it's easier for for the kids to get it. I mean, again, the same thing applies to adults, but to have that in, in shows that are for kids is mm-hmm. really so, important. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And again, I love it. I love that, that we're like sneaking, you know, how to deal with anxiety and, 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 you know, and, and talking about real world issues. Again, they're snuck in. Like if the parents aren't even watching the show, they wouldn't even know that the kid is getting that. And then you combine that with Googling and then having a, watching a kid actually talk to you about it for real mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and maybe even see someone's experience. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a time to be alive. It's powerful. What a time to be alive. <laughs> as as a, a media psychology aside, um, part of the the reason why there has been such a, a major shift away from the like over the top obvious PSAs into the more like working the PSA into the plot is because the way human brains work is if we are um, involved. Uh, if we're mentally involved in a story in a narrative um we are we have less cognitive capability to argue with ideas in it and so with here let me let me give the 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 typical example um sometime in like the the late 70s or early 80s they put out a advertisement to try and reduce littering and in and it was very straightforward it was like littering is bad only bad people litter um but in the in the ad they kept showing people littering like that was most of the the ad was visuals of people throwing things out of cars and stuff and so what it ended up doing is doubling down on the idea that yes littering is bad 
but everybody does it. And so the the messaging ended up making people more likely to litter. And so if you take that littering message and instead put it into a story about, you know, a specific character who's doing a specific thing in a specific environment and then encounters a littering problem and then, you know, solves that by recycling or, or uh, appropriately uh, removing the waste, um, people, what it's called counter-arguing. And so basically, you don't have enough cognitive ability to both be immersed within the story and to argue that, like, well, actually, like, that's not that's not bad. And so you're more likely to actually consume those those positive messaging. And so you you see that in um more recent examples of the way that uh like sitcoms will handle like the uh, the teen pregnancy scare. If you look at the way that like 90s sitcoms handled it and the way that sitcoms now handle it, you'll see it's it's very different and it's much more focused on the narrative experience of the characters than it is on the like premarital sex is bad and teen pregnancy is bad and STDs. And so it's uh it's really cool and um yeah, yeah, so that was my that was my media psych aside. Media psych corner. Learning about Ooh. how your brain works and storytelling is extremely powerful. Less preachy, more story. Yeah. 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 That's a good that's a good point. We were talking about anxiety with kids, and I just want to promote Raina Telgemeier's new book that just came out called Guts. It is about anxiety and her experience as a kid having anxiety and how to manage it. And it's beautifully well done. It is yeah, it's a narrative. It doesn't have every day of this whole period of time that was going on, but it was a real story and it's yeah. beautifully done. And I would love for us to do a deep dive on that book at some point because I feel like every parent, every teacher, every therapist that deals with kids or people that know kids should have this book. <laughs> if you or your loved ones has ever interacted with a child, you should read no. this book. <laughs> and have a copy of that book. Hell to, yeah. To, for kids to read. I have one on my shelf in my office. I bought it the day of, and it is the number one book in the country right now. Uh, yeah. That's a scholastic book. So it means it's yes. in, it is thankfully in every school <laughs> or in yes. every school that does uh, scholastic yes. book yes. drives and stuff. And it's also in Barnes & Noble. You can go and get it anywhere. Local yeah. bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's an amazing book. It is probably my favorite of Raina Telgemeier's books. And Josue and I have talked about her a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've got to do that deep dive. Definitely. I need to pick up a copy. Yeah, definitely. It's to a tune. Absolutely. I would go as a, as a good compliment <laughs> to, this, to this episode Yeah, on, yeah. on kids. It's a pretty quick read, too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to thank you, uh, Lauren, for, like, explaining uh, <laughs> that that idea here here at the mm -hmm. end. And that's really – I hope that on the on the forum we can add some, some additional resources, some additional examples mm -hmm. of kids mm – -hmm. um, of media that is for kids by kids because again i think it's i think it's super powerful i think it's mm -hmm. incredible um to be able to like if we get if if we can have one child 
motivate another to even think about climate change, for example, right? We could do it in so, with so many other uh, issues. And that podcast uh, from, from The Daily, it just, it was one of the most impressive <laughs> things that I've listened to in a long time. It really, really had a, mm -hmm. a powerful effect on me because holy shit, what I would have, like, I, th I think my life would be different if I would have heard something like that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't because nobody, nobody talked to me about anxiety, let alone another kid. There are examples out there. Hopefully we can, we can share some more. I'll put links to, to, um, to that one in particular in the show notes. And then hopefully we can add some more on the forum. Lauren, I wanted to go into uh, climate change anxiety, but I think we're, we're, we're done for now. Maybe we can touch that another day or well, never. Well, the good never. news is I'll probably be bringing it up in therapy again. So <laughs> forever and ever. <laughs> forever. Till the world ends. Yeah. <laughs> eh. it's, it's on the minds of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people. That's what my yeah. therapist told me today. That's I'm what I alone. tell all of my clients. <laughs> but again, I think the big difference between it being on your mind and actually having anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a, I understand it's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. yep. All right. So before we wrap up, I just want to uh, acknowledge that it is October. It's October. <gasps> it's October. Ooh. What does that mean? Usually. <laughs> It's spooky month. It's spooky month. Ooh. I watched a monster movie today that doesn't necessarily count as a horror movie, but I've still got a whole bunch from last year that I didn't watch. I've got Yay. some new ones. I've got Brightburn lined up. Did any of you see Brightburn? I, I did. Want to. I haven't yet. Ooh, it's no. like horror Superman. Mm -hmm. I watched yeah. that one. The trailer yep. was creepy. Yeah. Spooky scary. Yeah. Got a whole bunch. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do, but we'll probably Lauren will probably force us to do something. Yeah, um, I would like to do another horror movie episode with you guys. Um, I I will have to talk to Brandon more so I can get his horror tastes on mm -hmm. on book. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then um, I would like to do another community over the garden wall night, um, maybe closer to the end of the month, since uh, that's more thematic. We got to be as close to Halloween as we can get. Rabbit is uh, gone; it's dead. Oh, yep, bummer. Yep, we'll have to figure something else out. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we got to get Brandon to watch that too. Mm -hmm. Basically, it. it's Halloween, and I want to make Brandon become part of my spoopy club all right i'm ready is uh, uh brandon is is halloween uh, a thing for you it is yeah i yeah. like halloween i watched okay. the second half of hocus pocus tonight before we re we recorded <laughs> oh uh, yeah you know, pretty cliche halloween movie choice, just the second half tv did you just, watch the first half i missed point? the first half i have <laughs> i missed it today um just because of the timing from when i got home but uh it. It's only the second day of October. You have plenty of time. It is. It, it's playing every single day, I think. So yeah. I, yeah. I should be able to pick up at least the full film by the end of the month. Um, I do like Halloween. I'm looking forward to maybe putting up some decorations. I've never liked going trick-or-treating, even as a child. I don't know. I Just something about dressing up. And I still don't dress up. And as an adult, I'm, I'm just a, a grumpy non-participant. I don't know what that says about me. 
I have to. <laughs> You're the Grinch of Halloween. I'm, I'm kind of the Grinch of Halloween. I, I lo- except for if the Grinch just didn't participate himself in one specific component of Christmas, <laughs> enjoyed all <laughs> the rest of it, and let everyone else do it, and loved it, but just didn't do one piece. Like if the Grinch didn't. Um, Let's see, what's one piece about Christmas? If the Grinch didn't hang up stockings, but loved everything else. Just, I hate feet. Do you right. give candy or do, yes. you, do you turn off the light? Okay, you give the candy. I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. I participate in, in the in the process. Do you enjoy um, seeing the costumes? I love seeing the costumes. Okay, so it's just you. I've just never put in, I, mean, I think yeah. it's mostly maybe I'm just lazy. That could be be a part of it. Brandon doesn't like to dress up in costumes because that that would muddle his relationship with the Batman. It's true. Mm -hmm. I did dress up as Batman, and you've probably all seen that picture of me as a a, a little lad being Batman. Yeah, so you should just get that exact same costume. It's probably very at my tiny parents somewhere. And just, yes. jam, just jam, just jam your adult body my big into, head it. into it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Every year. Uh, that's a great idea. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I I do like Halloween. Uh, I don't see a lot of horror movies, but but I do watch. I watch fun ones, I guess. Well, it sounds like I'm I'm grumpier than you when it comes to Halloween. But uh, okay. But yeah. But this is this is just a prime everybody for yeah, for the rest us, of the month. Get us pumped up. Yeah. 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 Sure, what we're gonna do, but uh, we'll do something. Yeah. yeah. Any, uh, if if our listeners have any Halloween ideas, send them our way over on the Discord or the forum or on Twitter. Absolutely. I mean, or on Facebook, but I won't see it on Facebook or TikTok. <laughs> we're too old for TikTok. <laughs> I don't there know. There is a geek therapy is. account on TikTok. There is oh, unbelievable. Shit. We're not yep, too old yep. for TikTok. <laughs> we're everywhere. Is there is there posts? There's, or no, there's no things. Problem. Is there content? Okay. No, no, not yet. There's just an account. Yep, just want to make sure we're everywhere. <laughs> but one day, maybe I don't know. We're moving into video, uh, like embracing video in different ways now. So maybe, maybe we'll do it. Brandon, TikTok is your beat now. It's up to you. Oof, oof. <laughs> I've got a lot to learn. I know <laughs> the name. <laughs> That's it. Can you spell it? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean. T. It's definitely no C's, right? It's the the tip of the spelling Are minus there? C. TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to answer. It's okay. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can check out more Geek Therapy at geektherapy.com. Yeah, remember to geek out and do good, and we'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our Patreon producers this month, Ben, Booney, Jamila, John, Kat, Lydia, Mark, and to our anonymous producers, thank you too. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.